Hello, this is David from Star Tours, and I just helped a Nick's son build his very first lightsaber. You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We hope you're having an awesome week. Look at you. You made it to the halfway point of the work week. I am Nick, and I am here with Vicky, and this is episode 384. Today, we will be bringing you the latest news, rumors, and history. You are listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. But before we get started, we would like to encourage you to check out our friends over at WaltExpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney. And right now, Nick is going to let us know what are the latest blogs up on WaltExpress.com. Yeah, we got a blog up by Mandy Middleton. Go ahead and check it out, WaltExpress.com. Signs at Disney World that guests never read, but should. That really intrigued me. So after I got my notes ready, I had to go back and read it. (laughs) It is so true. You end up defaulting to the app or the map. I mean, I see that they're there when I walk through the parks. I'm like, hmm, yeah, Dino Land is that way. <laughs> yep. But Pandora I think I should take way. this long way instead. Right. What I think is funny is when you get to a sign and it has like an arrow keep proceeding forward. Right. For like Pandora. But you're all the way over like, I don't know, over by Mount Everest or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, really? It's about at my nine o'clock. But if I keep going another two miles, I'll probably hit it. Right. It's funny. Anyway. <laughs> So these signs, yes, I agree with Mandy. Guests never do read the sign. Anyway, we have another one up by Mandy Middleton as well. Why Animal Kingdom is more than just a half-day park. Now, I would love to have some discussions with Mandy about Animal Kingdom being just a half-day park. I think I have an argument there. I think, but if they add... Like the rumor that I've heard, add like a an, an Indiana Jones attraction or change up Dinoland somehow. How I would think... that go with Animal Kingdom, though? Indiana Jones? Are you kidding me? Rattlesnakes? I mean, what animals are in Indiana Jones that would go in Animal Kingdom? Oh my gosh, there's so many movies like India. Take, you know, take that for instance, where he's going through all the various. Geez, now I'm really gonna have to pull out my uh, you Indiana are, Jones. I don't, the I, Temple of Doom. Like I thought that belonged at Hollywood Studios. No, I I think so. And the rumor is that they might have an Indiana. Jones land over at Hollywood right. Studios. That's the rumor. Okay, right. that's just rumor. But I've also heard rumor that there may be a ride coming to Animal Kingdom and like an Indian, like you know the Indiana Jones ride over at Disneyland. I'm still hoping up. for the Jungle Book I, or and Jungle Book, right? And Jungle Book Land. All that being right there where Dino Land is. Now that's just rumor. Right. I'm not saying it's fact, but anyway, I would love to have some great conversations with Mandy about that because I could argue that it is a half day park. He's gonna hook it up with you. Actually, I, it's more than a half day park for us now. Anyway, we also have another one, Cable Tarney. Look at that. We had Kaylee. Kylie. Our, 
Ah, I mess it up every time, don't I? I meant Callie. It's okay. We have a colleague. Her daughter's name is Kaylee, so I'm sorry. Um, Disney 101 Character Dining at Disney World Parks and Resorts. Go ahead and check it out by Callie Turney. Callie, I hope you're doing well. Another She's one. She's been hunting. Hunting? Yes. What are you talking about? She, her family like hunts. They for deer and stuff. And I saw pictures. Oh, awesome. Jungle Skipper Canteen, a Disney World Dining Review by Vanda Bean. Go ahead and check them out. WaltExpress.com. Wow, that took a long time to get through all those articles. I know, but I want to give them some time because they took the time to write them. And I, I was really intrigued by that one with the signs because I'm like, what am I missing? And, and I wasn't really missing anything, but it was an intriguing title. They got some good stuff. And we've had some yeah. feedback from some of our listeners that have texted in or emailed us. You know, ever since we started talking about Walt Express, they do have some very interesting blogs. And what I love about them, it's not just one or two people writing these blogs all the time. Although we see a lot of blogs coming from Vanda, right? Right. Vanda Bean. But we have a whole a variety of different topics yeah. by a variety of different people. And it's just, it's really good stuff. Like, like you said, the sign one. Who would have thought, right? I mean, right. something we do just walk by. We don't really pay attention. That's we interesting. Think that we know our own way. It caught me. So I'm going to click on that here in just a second and start reading up on that. But While Vicky, I'm talking. Yeah. Vicki, what do you got? So uh, my husband, I like to thank him for this. He found this article. He has now joined a couple Disney Twitter accounts. And so he just gets these tweets all day long about different Disney stuff. And he thought this one was intriguing. And he was right because I read it and then I spent like... 40 minutes analyzing all the things that I thought our listeners would want to know. And that is how you can have a ticketless Disney Christmas. You have any ideas before I get started? A ticketless Disney Christmas? Yes. How can you do that? Have a ticketless Disney Christmas. I assume not having to buy or purchase a ticket. Yep. So you're talking about Disney Springs? I am. That was good. So it just people... complain about how much it costs to stay on Disney property at Christmas. And you know, because you um, being in the service, you are lucky enough to get that discount, which is well-deserved. I'm not begrudging you that, but you looked at my total of my trip and was having a heart attack because you're like, dang, Vicky, that's a lot of money. Well, you stay for like 10 or 11 days. Right. And you couple that with the meal plan and the dining plan. Well, the dining plan, it's part of it. Well, they get, they still get their money. Right. And you have a group of what, four? Yes. But technically it's four Four adults. adults. Four adults. Right. And we were also factoring your airfare, I believe, too. Yes. Yes. So it's a it's a huge chunk. I'm sure it's all of uh, Clark W. Griswold's bonus that he would have received. (laughs) Did everybody watch that movie last night or the night before? No. Anyway. So, okay. So explain what was this tweet that came out? Okay, so uh, somebody posted that they really wanted to go to Disney. And so they wanted to find a way that they could go, but not have a ticket, but still feel the Disney magic. And you are absolutely right, Nick. Disney Springs makes that possible. So all you have to do is head to Disney Springs and there is not a ticket necessary, at least right now, to go to Disney Springs and shop. So just like Epcot, many of the Disney Springs restaurants are offering themed holiday dishes and treats. And so um, I just made like a little list of the ones. Here are some of the ones that they said. Vivoli Gelato has candy cane sundaes. Four Rivers Cantina Barbacoa Food has gingerbread churro balls, which I thought of you. A churro ball? It's a gingerbread Is that that sort of like what they sell at Taco Bell? You know, those little cinnamon balls that have icing in the middle? I was thinking like a donut hole. But you're probably right. No, I don't know. It's like those little cinna things at uh, Regardless, Taco Bell. There's some sort of donut hole. Planet Hollywood has sticky toffee pudding. And then Amaret's Patisserie and the Ganacherie have a wide variety of festive treats. I didn't list all of those. And while you're strolling through Disney Springs so that you have that holiday feel, you can have a frozen eggnog or a frozen hot chocolate. 
Uh, also, while you're at Disney Springs, if your child has not had their picture with Santa, what a better place to have it than to have your picture with Santa Claus. And you can do that from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. I would love for Santa to be in like some cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt with just his Christmas hat on and some sunglasses. How awesome would that be? <laughs> it would go with the boardwalk feel of this Disney is true. Springs. This is true. So while you are uh, waiting to get to Santa or he's in the midst of the trail of trees that they have which this year they have the trail of trees yes is that what they're calling it yeah the trail, trail of, trees. of trees there is 27 this year and he's in the middle like so on your way through looking at the trees you can stop and get in line and have a picture with santa claus um you also get to have a glimpse of the white stuff which we know is not typically in florida but in disney fashion they make sure that you have it well it used to be that you could only get that at magic kingdom and hollywood studios but now they have brought it to disney springs do you think they're taking a picture with an actual photo pass cast member or a deer cam with santa i'm yeah i'm joking it's usually with an elf. Remember the, the automated the automated pictures it's an elf cast member system that they're gonna okay. i don't know that'd be interesting though too all right want want <laughs> you can go to the Coca-Cola store, and if you go to the second level, they have, what do you think? Think about Christmas. They have Coca-Cola. The Coca-Cola polar bear, and they will have a deer stand photographer. No, I'm just kidding. They will have a <laughs> photographer there to take your picture with the polar bear, and they said if you want to make it even more festive, wear your Christmas PJs. And um, they said a lot of people like to wear their Christmas PJs to the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas, which I got to say, I did see a lot of that when we were there. And so to get that same feel, Mario and Enzo's restaurant has a holiday brunch on Sundays um, until December the 30th. And they encourage their guests to wear their PJs. And if you have a group that has matching PJs, they will take a commemorative photo of you while you are there. I mean, I, I didn't even know this stuff was all there. I just wrote this is all in this one article. And this year you can participate. And I think you talked about this a couple weeks ago, Nick, about Stitch's holiday gift hunt. So it's very much like uh, the passport thing that you do with the kids at Epcot, only you do it around Disney Springs and then you bring it back for a prize. Uh, of course, they have the holiday merchandise that can be found in the parks at World of Disney. And last but not least, even though you cannot or you can't get in the parks and ride the rides, you can still have that Disney feel and go back multiple days and not have to have a they park have, hopper. They have the train there, so you can get on a ride. Yeah, that little train. <laughs> that little that train. would be cute. So uh, this person just wanted you to know that they found out there was a way to have that Disney feel, even if you couldn't afford the parks, the tickets to get in the parks. That's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. But that is, a, that is a great way to experience the Disney Christmas feel without having to really uh, spend too much money for like a park entry fee or, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So we've talked about this earlier and, you know, we've talked about Bob Iger and his bonus compensation package. Uh, it's been reworked, by the way, Vicki, and I don't know if you saw this article or not. But I did. Been, okay. It, it gives a, a more ambitious goals for the company to meet or exceed in order for Iger to receive the actual payouts. So the board also sweetened the deal by increasing Iger's potential payout. Under the new terms, Iger can earn a maximum of 1.17 million shares if uh, if Disney's stock return beats at least 75% of the companies in the S&P 500 index over the four years <laughs> ended uh, December 31st, 2021. Wow. As of Friday's close, that potential payout was worth $135.4 million, a figure that may increase if the ambitious goal is actually met. The possible haul increase increased 14%, okay, 14% from the original contract extension agreement last year when Disney announced their deal to obtain assets from 
21 century, uh, 21st century, sorry, Fox Incorporated. According to a regulatory filing on Monday, the board has also lessened the number of shares Iger would receive if Disney's stock return falls below the 60th percentile of the S&P 500 firms. If the company slips into the bottom quartile, the CEO won't see any payout at all. Disney said the following in an email statement. We'll go ahead and read that for you right now. The decision to implement more rigorous performance criteria reflects feedback received directly from shareholders and underscores Mr. Iger's and the board's confidence that the current strategic direction of the company will generate significant value for our shareholders. Iger has doubled revenue and quadrupled Disney's share price since taking over as CEO in 2005. Still, the goals in the amended contract are ambitious. In the four years ended November 30th, the company's stock returned 33%, including reinvested dividends. This beats about 42% of the firms in the index. Other earning opportunities remain for Iger as well. As long as he remains Disney's CEO through 2021, he will receive 254,098 of the company's shares. He also entitled to collect a bonus and equity or equity, excuse me, award subject to performance goals worth 45 million annually for the remainder of his tenure. That's on top of a 3.5 million salary, by the way. I'm very sorry for him. It's just a rough, rough life. Wow. How would you like to be Bob Iger? I would like to be his child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his whole family set. That That's amazing. He can pay you for know, his grandkids' college. Let's go. Let's back this up. Iger has doubled revenue and quadrupled Disney's share price since taking over as CEO in 2005 quadrupled, Vicky. We need him to hold on to our portfolios and help us out. Oh my gosh. When you like your portfolio to quadruple. That that is insane. Uh, So this all equals a lot of money going to Iger. Yeah, it does. And you know, it's it's not that he doesn't deserve it. I mean, look what the guy's done already with Disney and they have their hands in everything and buying everything up and everything about Disney. I mean, at a loss. I am at a loss. (laughs) He's like severely stumbling over his words. He's like $45 million. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about what he's done since 2005. True. I mean, true. So much has happened since then and so many buyouts, you yep. know, insane. Crazy. There was a casting call this month that gives us a hint into the new Cirque du Soleil show that's headed to Disney Springs. Uh, the ad that they put out asked for a youth or adult that could play a 12-year-old Caucasian girl. They have uh, to be between four and five feet tall, so that limits. I mean, that that's I'm not very tall, and that's pretty short. They also have to be a slim build. And if you audition, they want you to have had professional acting experience. They also said if you could have some drawing, gymnastics, dance, or circus art experience, that would be a plus for you. And this will be the lead for the upcoming show. And the character needs to be sensitive inside, but fearless on the outside. So it leaves people questioning, what is this role? You have to be sensitive on the on the inside, but fearless on the outside. At least they're letting you be sensitive. So that's like any Disney princess, right? True. Right, right, right. Very, very true. Ralph Breaks the Internet managed to hold the number one spot at domestic box offices for the post-Thanksgiving weekend. Although the the follow-up to Wreck-It Ralph wasn't facing fierce competition, though, by the way. There really wasn't much that came out. The newest Ralph feature brought in an estimate $25.8 million in domestic sales, by the way, and 54.2% drop from its opening weekend sales. Coming in second place was Dr. Seuss, The Grinch at 17.8 mil, and the only newcomer for the weekend, the possession of Hannah Grace, 
earned just $6.5 million and came in seventh at the domestic box office. So this weekend brought Wreck-It Ralph, or Ralph Breaks the Internet, domestic total to $119 million, and overseas weekend take-home of $33.7 million brings the film's foreign box office total to $87.1 million. And all in all, that's about $207 million worldwide, so far delivering returns on Ralph's production's cost of just $175 million. So they've made what 25 um, about 32 million yeah. already in sales that they've uh, have made on top of what they spent into it so that's good well, and I, I imagine they're going to make more because neither of one of us have seen it either and we need to go see it at cur- I know I need to right my kids keep telling me to go see it uh, in my class right I know I the, told them not to tell me what happened the film currently has an 88% fresh rating on the Rotten Tomatoes with a 68% audience approval that's good so the Bing Bong statue finally made it to Bing Bong Sweet Stuff and Pixar Pier at Disney's California Adventure. Oh, bing bong. So for months, the guests have just stared at a wall that surrounded the display, which is kind of weird, Nick, because you know that uh, Disney likes to be mysterious or whatever and put just put up a wall that doesn't blocks everything out. But apparently they had this wall up that looked like um, inside out with uh, little feeling balls, like the happy, the sad. You know what I'm talking about? That they all right, had. okay, right, right. So, uh, but Bing Bong was missing. So apparently, they have him there. He does not move. However, he does have audio from the movie, and he does cry tears. You know, in the movie, he cries candy. Yes. Um, there's a lightning effect on his tears that make it look like the candy's coming out of his eyes on the statue that's at. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I didn't find a video on it. I was trying to find a YouTube video. Surely somebody's going to take one. That's a nice touch. But I thought that was pretty cool. And it looks pretty realistic. I mean, to the movie. So Marriott International Incorporated is investigating the hack of the Starwood Guest Reservation database. And Bloomberg is reporting that it may be one of the biggest breaches in corporate history. The wall. Disney World Swan and Dolphin Hotels are part of Starwood. The breach has affected approximately 500 million customers. Bloomberg states that for about 327 million of them, the data included passport numbers, emails, and mailing addresses, and that came and that some credit card information may have also been taken or stolen as well. This is what uh, Michael, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Belisaro. I hope I'm saying that right. He's an analyst over there. He said, we know there's going to be a cost, but how big will it be? I don't know. I don't think Marriott knows. Marriott's biggest asset is the network effect uh, effect of customers in the loyalty program. The big question is, does it impact the Marriott brand and the customer desire to be rewards program members? It's still too early to tell. The hacking was reportedly happening years before Marriott International Incorporated acquired Starwood in a deal valued at about $13.6 billion that closed in September of 2016, by the way. Marriott's database included customer data correlating with reservations of Starwood properties on or before September 10th. 2018. Juan Jose Fernandez says, and he's an analyst at Link Securities in Madrid, the breach is so big that the company may face a large fine from the authorities and the market is factoring that in. This is yet another company that has been hit by hacking and as a reminder to any company that manages customers' personal data that they need to work harder to protect them from future attacks. The company has reported the incident to law enforcement and continues to support their investigation and has also begun notifying regulatory authorities. So this isn't good. No. So this isn't good at all. So if you've stayed at uh, the Swan and Dolphin. Which my friend just did. Yeah. (laughs) So what's crazy here, this has been going on 
for years. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that what they said? I mean, if I back up the article here one more time, it said this was happened years ago. So, and then it was it closed in uh, 2016. So, I, I don't know how, how long the span was. So, your friend just stayed there. I assume that she's okay. But well, if you stayed there before 2016, <laughs> I would say maybe you have some problems. Yeah, she's look, probably fine, but her company paid for it, so... Look for that letter in the mail. Yeah, that'll be sad. Disney people wanted a special gift card to commemorate Mickey's 90th birthday because we're we're going to... Um, he's going to birthday party all year long because it's Mickey. So Justin Hamana, the graphic designer and Disney Imagineer, developed the concept of this gift card that they wanted to put out. It's crystal encrusted. The 5,000 cards were made with a metal core surrounded by protective plastic with over 2,500 premium Swarovski crystals on the the entire face of the card, Nick. The box that it comes in is awesome too. It is the first box to carry the Disney gift card collector's insignia and includes vellum certificate and a magnetic closure. This is all so that you can have a 90th, a Mickey's 90th uh, birthday gift card. Crystal encrusted gift card, by the way. They only made 5,000 of them though. Hey, I thought it was something when they made gift cards out of wood. Oh, this that was is, cool. You know, this is, sounds amazing. Swarovski, <laughs> I can't say it. Sorovsky, whatever it is, crystals. Sorovsky, that's I've heard not. him say about it. They've talked about those kind of crystals on like Wheel of Fortune or something when they're giving away a prize. So I should know how to say it, but I don't. Now make one out of kyber crystals and you're talking my language. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Right. Oh, lightsabers. Oh, good yeah. job, Vixter. All right, so it appears, and I'm pretty sure I'm looking at this article, but it says it appears that Tom Hanks is going to play Geppetto in the live action version of the 1940 animated series or classic, excuse me, classic Pinocchio. But last night on the news, I think they had announced that Tom Hanks was going to be playing Geppetto. So I'm confused. Well, if the article is similar to the where mine was, it was earlier uh, over the weekend. So maybe he confirmed it yesterday and that's why it was on the news if if he hasn't already he needs to but yeah because they I said think he'd, he'd play a perfect geppetto well he's no stranger to disney right he's you know been a part of the disney family for a while he so. would have to change his voice up though so he doesn't sound like woody oh really i think so but because when so i hear many... josh gad i uh, think I, olaf right i think of don't see that's the problem he was on the stage the other day but see that's uh, the problem that? you think um, of olaf mickey's birthday now, Tom Hanks did a great job in, oh, geez, what's that movie with the train? Polar Express. Polar Express. He did all those, all those characters. All those characters. And he was different. And yes. he was different. So I think he could really sound like an old Geppetto, like an old man, like Geppetto would, right? Oh, sure he can. So Pinocchio, of course, is the story we all know of a wooden puppet brought to life by a wish upon a star. And Tinkerbell. Hanks is no stranger to Disney, like you just said, Vixter, voicing Woody in all of the Toy Story animated films and playing Walt Disney himself in Saving Mr. Banks. Of course. Pinocchio is expected to start filming in May, but no release date has been set. Oh, you know it'll be 2021. They got to hold out. Right. They got to make us wait. I'm looking forward to this. Dude, they have some great ones coming out. There's like four big movies coming out next year. That's what some Somebody projected this week. Listener Lee sent out that picture to us of all the oh, yeah. movies coming out soon. And oh yes. my gosh, what a great lineup. Yes. I mean, they had one, what, bam, bam, like month after month, right? Coming out here shortly. It's not the same thing as Star Wars, though, so I think it'll be fine. I think that it'll, it will still... You know how Star Wars, they were coming out so quickly? Too soon, yeah. Yeah, and then they weren't making it at the box office like they thought they would. People still went to it, but 
So hopefully Disney will be fine. The studio has received multiple nominations for the 46th annual Annie Awards. These came out on Monday. The animated hit Incredible, the animated hits, pardon me, Incredibles 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet each received multiple nods, including Best Animated Feature nominations. So additionally, uh, the upcoming Mary Poppins Returns, which like the original incorporates animation into the live action film, has earned multiple nominations. Some of Disney's other live films um, also earned nominations. Infinity War, Christopher Robin, and The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Now, interestingly enough, Nick, Christopher Robin is not at the movie theater, and I don't know. I think it did come out on DVD. I really want to watch it because I heard it was wonderful from the people that did go see it, but um, I feel like it left the theater pretty quickly. Uh, Walt Disney Television Animation earned multiple nominations for series, including Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, Elena of Avalar, Big Hero 6 the series, in Star vs. the Forces of Evil, as well as the Mickey Mouse shorts. Disney Junior shows PJ, Masks, and Puppy Dog Tales each earned a nomination as well. These shows are produced by Frogbox Entertainment and Wild Canary Animation, respectively. So um, I'm not going to read all of them because it's a long, long list, Nick, but um, the fact that uh, Best Animated Feature is, is... the nominations are Incredibles 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet against each other. I've not seen Ralph Breaks the Internet, but we both know Incredibles 2 was pretty phenomenal. So I, if one of those wins, then I think Disney wins anyway. And then the best animated special production, because Mary Poppins is really more alive of a movie, and then they're popping it in there like the argument. With no the, pun intended. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, really no pun intended. She's uh, got a word up there for best animated special production. There's other ones too, but I mean, we could go on and on and on. There's several, several awards. So hopefully they will win all of the places where they have awards. You were just talking about Star Wars Vixter. And so back on the 30th, just a few days ago, parents can now introduce their children to the galaxy far, far away with a brand new Star Wars Kids YouTube channel that will feature the new Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures animated series. New episodes featuring fan favorite characters will debut weekly beginning in 2019. So there you go. They're starting them off young. And that's what this article goes on to say is they wanted to introduce this cartoon to a younger generation and if you look at it the style of the art and everything is more kiddish and playful so there you go raise the kids up in star wars man disney's doing the right thing i just i can't i'm sorry i try i listen and i support you that's where you there is where it ends so if you go to starwars.com the first six short combined original dialogue music and sound effects with bold new animations and fun and educational add-ons designed to help order uh older fans parents and other mentors to welcome the kids in their lives to explore the galaxy far far away go check it out starwars.com the multi-talented actor and creator lin-manuel miranda who is going to be in the upcoming mary poppins returns as bert he just received his star this week on the hollywood walk of fame it was actually last friday he was surrounded by many of his friends and family at when he received this honor but i thought these were two interesting people that were there for him and i never i read the article so i'm gonna have to dig deeper to find out but here are two people that sat by him weird al yankovic Yankovic or Yankovic, whatever. Weird Al sat next to him. And Rita Marino from like, uh, what is it? West Side Story. Did he get to pick the people? Yeah, those are, they're his like close friends, it said. That is crazy. And that's who he was sitting between. Like they were on either side of him. Weird Al Yankovic's not aging well, by the way. Really? (laughs) I don't think so. So Miranda Starr was the 2,652nd star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It can be found at 6243 Hollywood Boulevard. Just in in case you're going to be there this week. Right. Well, I actually have seen, well, not his, but I've seen 
when I went with Brad, so I saw quite a few. In front of the historic Patangas Theater, uh, he also contributed music, lyrics, and vocals to several songs in the Moana movie, including the original song, How Far Will It Go? Oh my goodness, my computer. This is my new computer, so you can't blame it on the old one. My new computer just jumped back in the news. It's, it wants to go back in time. Which, you know, strengthens my argument that it's not the computer, it's the user. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Are you there? Do you want to <laughs> yes. jump into the next article? So Miranda is most known for the current musical of Hamilton, and he is actually going to go and rejoin the cast in Hamilton when they go to Puerto Rico for three or three weeks in the near future. Puerto Rico. We have uh, Jose who listens to our podcast and chimes in often to to the podcast. Big shout out to Jose down there in Puerto Rico. Oh, I thought you you were talking about Jose from the Tiki Room. Oh, no. (laughs) He listens to us. And he calls you and tells you how the show was. I would like to have, how would you like to have that as as far as like a, um, an alarm? Well, Jose wakes you up, right? There you go. <laughs> Guests can now bring some holiday cheer from Disney's Animal Kingdom with personalized holiday ornaments from Discovery Trading Company. Available now through Monday, December 31st. So you're going to have to stop by there, Vic, when you're there. Guests can stop by Discovery Trading Company and purchase customization for their ornaments and other merchandise. Not just ornaments other merchandise as well each personalization or personalized word starts at three dollars a word and any additional artwork added in is going to run you an extra three bucks it's discovery what trading company is that at disney springs no animal kingdom i'm sorry i didn't hear that part no it's all good you're pulling a nick i get it ornament personalization opens one hour after the park opens and is available until the park closes for the day no i do that to you all the time no worries that was no i was i'd be like what'd you say but i missed what'd you say i missed the width if it's a park or a resort so animal kingdom so you gotta go check them out i know you guys spend all day long at animal kingdom (laughs) it's an it's an all-day park for you all it is now so walt disney world has revealed nick the menu for something that you announced to us uh probably a month ago now storybook dining at artist point i was gonna say yep with snow white at disney's wilderness lodge so yeah it was august that you told us so it's going to begin its first experience on december 16th and it's uh the reservations are being made adults are 55 dollars a person and children three to nine are 33 dollars this menu sounds i know it won't sound because i know you don't like the obscure and the mixed together kind of thing but some of this sounds really good so they have appetizers this winter squash bisque so it's a soup a hunter's pie which is made with chicken black truffle and stone fruit preserve they have wicked shrimp cocktail and they have um from the garden fruit vegetable cheese and create your own honey butter so i guess they like they give you the stuff and you can make it their entrees that they're going to have are seafood stew which will contain shrimp bay scallops mussels tomato and fennel a stroll through nature which is uh for i would assume a vegetarian because it's butternut squash arugula gnocchi sa- sage and parmesan the magic mirror slow braised veal shank uh, the Royal Prime Rib Roast, Brothers Grimm Roasted Chicken, and Bashful's Butter Poached Snapper. Um, those all sound good to me. And then for the the little children, and Nick, oh, sorry, the little children, they have the Royal Prime Rib. Yes, I'm listening. You called me little. <laughs> no, because this is why. It's for children. But I bet they will let you have it, Nick. You would like this. It's the Royal Prime Rib. Well, act like a kid. A prime rib? P- prime rib's fatty, though. I know, but if you don't eat the fat part, it's good. Vegetarian steam bun. They have princess pasta. 
That's kind of hard though. There's fat all in that prime rib. <laughs> you cut around it. Grilled chicken and chicken tenders. And the desserts are for sharing. The miner's treasure dessert is a sponge cake with chocolate gems and butter ice buttercream frosting. Icing, excuse me. Fairy tale gooseberry pie. Poison apple. Uh, white chocolate mousse. There's where you want to eat a poison apple. The hunter's gift to the queen, which is crackled maple popcorn with ganache hearts. Okay, yeah, you want to eat somebody's heart. That does not sound good. Okay. Anyways, and then they have some wickedly refreshing cocktails as well, starting at $11 and going up to $12. So definitely, if you are going to be at Disney soon and you want to try out the storybook dining at Artist Point and meet the characters like Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy. Can you name all of them? Can I name all of them? Probably, but those I'm are just the, kidding. Those right, are the here. only ones they're going to have there. Did you hear about this one point side or uh, one point seven five billion lawsuit against Disney For... filed by a Malaysian theme park? I don't think so. I didn't either. I'm like scrolling, trolling through the internet here, and I just found it. I'm like, oh my gosh! Here, look at this lawsuit. I'm all about this, right? <laughs> yes, you love the I got my googly eyes going lawsuit on right and, now and hurt people getting hurt. So I'll admit, I don't have my stuff together. Again, for like the third week in a row, I don't have any notes. I apologize. So I'm literally just scrolling through the internet in real time. And Hmm, does that sound familiar? That's a constant, though. (laughs) All right. So a lawsuit was filed in Central California District Court Monday by resort developer Gentine Malaysia sinking a minimum of $1 billion in damages from the Walt Disney Company and Fox Entertainment Group for allegedly breaching a contract related to the building of a theme park in Malaysia just outside of, oh geez, Kuala Lumpur? Sounds good. Is that, am I saying that right? Sounds good. Gosh, I hope I'm saying that properly. People yelling at me if I'm not. The lawsuit indicates damages were caused by Fox's withdrawal from a 2013 agreement made to license its intellectual property for a Fox World theme park. So that's, it'd be a Fox World theme park, owned by Fox, I guess. Okay. Uh, In Resort World, Genting, which is described as a sprawling facility perched on a mountain in Malaysia. So it was going to be a beautiful theme park by a Fox World theme park in the mountains of Malaysia. And and the pictures look amazing, by the way. Very colorful with fireworks and and light. It looks amazing. Go check it out. According to the uh, allegation, Fox has been repeatedly trying to renegotiate the contract. But once Disney began calling the shots earlier this year, the objective, it says, has moved from renegotiation to termination. Although there are disagreements regarding specific terms of the deal, Genting states that Fox, in their opinion, has no reason to pull out. The complaint also alleges that Disney and 21st Century Fox interfered with the contract and caused 20th Century Fox licensing and merchandising part of Fox Entertainment to breach it. Additionally, Genting's Resort has a a casino included, which conflicts with Disney's family-friendly brand strategy. Well, that's kind of odd because Disney sells alcohol and they did uh, entice themselves with some gambling. I mean, the arcade that they have in all the resorts. Oh. You know, you put money in, you earn tickets, you get gifts, right? It's children, it's child gambling. It is. Well, the state of Florida, you know, like said that was illegal. So you can't do that anymore. Oh, really? You can't get any of that stuff. So so technically, Disney did gamble. Disney sells all, I don't know, I'm just joking around. I kid, I kid. But the theme park in Malaysia would have been Fox's first. Jensen claims to have already invested almost $180 million in the project, which had a planned opening set for the first half of 2019. Huh. I never heard about this. I didn't. Crazy. Let's see what other people have to say about this. Uh, I'm not sure why Disney's so concerned with their family-friendly friendly image and not wanting to uh, sully that with casinos. 
Huh. Let's see. Uh, yada yada. Gambling is literally a no kids activity. You can't have kids on a casino floor, at least in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it says Disney is a family brand. Gambling is not. Um, anyway, whatever. I, I had no idea. I just came across this. I'm like, oh, this is great. A lawsuit. Let's read about it. But the picture, this resort looks amazing. I mean, so I want to go, go to there. Malaysia now. Well, look at uh, look at here. See if you can see. You it. gotta take Jasmine with you if you go. Look at that. That is the. Awesome. my class. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh. Well, she's yeah. She, her she's from, from the Philippines. Oh, I thought she said her mama said she was from Malaysia. Anyway. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I got today. I, that's near the Philippines, right? Possibly. Really? I'm really bad with, with geography out of, out of North America. <laughs> <laughs> I've not left North America, so I don't know much about it. Oh, well, let's just go ahead and look it up. Philippines, Malaysia. Oh, uh, yeah. The Malaysia, yeah, Philippines border. They're sort of right next to each other. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Let's pull up a map. Well, I knew she had said that they took a trip to Malaysia is why um, she wrote a story about that when I had her. Okay, so it's just south of Korea? Is that what I'm looking at? I don't know, because I don't have the map. Yeah, I think it's just south of Korea. <laughs> They're kind of neighboring each other there. Nick thinks I can go inside anyway, his head. Anyway, same region. <laughs> well, that's with any guy, right? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that's all I got, Vixter. So why don't you take us back? Here we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. December the 5th, 1985 was Walt's birthday, of course, but um, I'm going to read you about the city of Anaheim salutes Disney World on his birthday with a world record release of one million balloons over the park. The 70,000 pounds of helium used was enough to lift 190 people in the air. And what year was this? 1985. Okay. I'm shocked even in 85 that California allowed that. Well, I was going to say because the balloons because of right yeah because it's a it's a no-no now december 6 2012 walt disney world marks the grand opening of i'm sure they were taxed for every balloon they filled up though with helium <laughs> taxed for 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 filling it up and for the helium and for using a balloon out in public possibly yeah, anyway so walter disney world on december 6 2012 marked the grand opening of the new fantasy land at magic kingdom it's it seems hard to believe, Nick, that that's been six years, but it has. Um, they had actress Jennifer Goodwin there because she's the one that portrayed Snow White on Wait, the ABC back up. What was six years ago? It's when they opened Fantasyland. Seems longer to me. It really? Was, it was only six years ago? So 2010 was when I ran into Dave Gentile that used to be on the show right, with you. Right, right. Um, and he said, I'm not coming back until 2012. And he didn't until that I year. I just, it just seems like, it, I know it was 2012, but boy, man, time has flown. It seems, but yet it seems like it should have been longer. So that was the largest expansion that they had done in the 41 year history of Disney World at the time. I don't know. I mean, time will tell. They could do more because they added so many different things. The Under the Sea Journey, The Little Mermaid, Enchanted Tales with Belle. Um, they duplicated another Dumbo ride, as you know, the Flying ele- the flying Elephant ride. They got the Tron ride, just catty corner that's that's being built right now, which right, is going to be that's amazing. Not, that's not I know it's not. It. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. And um, of course, your favorite, the Beast Castle that it contains be our guest restaurant. Which, dude, I just scored another reservation, In by February. the way. In February? Yes. Twice? Yes. You are so excited. You're a hot mess. December 7th, 1986, the Disney Channel begins to broadcast 24 hours a day until that date, December 7th of 1986. They'd only been airing for 18 hours a day. And I remember that because it would, um, I mean, I was older, obviously. I was a teenager, but 
Um, I remember that it used to do just this thing where it had like a Mickey head on the screen, but it was dead air. There was nothing playing, but then it went to 24 hours, so you never had to worry about Disney being off the air, which is cool. December 8th, 1941 was the day after Pearl Harbor bombing. The U.S. Army set up camp at Walt Disney's Burbank Studios for the repair of military vehicles and anti-aircraft guns and used as and used as a primary defense station to guard the nearby Lockheed plant against the possible air attacks that they were expecting. So, Crazy. Yeah. I, well, I thought that was nice. The military has played uh, some pretty big roles with Walt Disney through the years. They said during that time that they were set up in there, a third of his animators, Walt's animators, were drafted into the Are service. you serious? Yeah. Now, Lee will correct us if we're wrong, and that's all good, Lee, but didn't, I thought that the military, the government just went in there and seized his properties, like basically said, hey, we're going to set up shop here. Like you have no say. I don't know if Walt had any say or if he agreed, you know, or he collaborated with the military. I kind of want to say from what I remember, and Lee, correct us if, if you're wrong, and listeners, if you know any more information on this, text us 407-674-0414. I thought they just went in there and said, hey, look, man, we need your we need your properties. And maybe they did, but Uh-oh. I was going to argue with the military when they're keeping us safe. December 9th, 1933 is when Disney's Silly Symphony cartoon The Night Before Christmas was released. It was based on Clement C. Moore's classic poem, St. Nick is Seen Delivering the Toys He Made in the 1932 Santa's Workshop. December 10th, 2009, a rare 1932 Mickey Mouse Christmas card that was signed by Walt Disney Disney was sold at an auction in Illinois. Nick, do you want to take a guess how much the signed Christmas card from 1932 from Walt cost? It is crazy. Uh-huh. A card. A card. A Mil- Christmas card. It's in millions? Is no, it- no, it's not that much. But I mean, it's okay. his Christmas card. Is it under, so it's under one mil? Oh, is it, yeah. Is it under one mil? Oh, yeah. Under 500,000? Yeah, you're really, you're, oh, really? You were really expecting something. I was. It's a Christmas card. Is it under 100,000? Yes. Really? <laughs> 50,000. <000. laughs> what? Wow, you you are ready to play We're talking a, of- a Christmas card signed by Walt himself. Okay, I'm gonna go with I don't know, hundred bucks. Okay, more than a hundred less than fifty thousand and more than a hundred. <laughs> Just tell me. The listeners wanna know by now anyway. Thirteen thousand nine hundred and eighty seven dollars. Oh, they should have said thirty-three thousand. It said that he had sent out dozens of Christmas, dozens of Christmas cards that year, but that was the only one that everybody, anyone ever found. So that's why they decided to sell it. I'm sure that Mar- you know that museum in Marceline, they've got to have some cards over there signed by him because they have everything, like all of his personal letters and cards and everything from over there. Uh, they have in that Marceline Museum here in Missouri. Yeah. Yep, you are correct. All right, what's going on? You're looking at your computer like, oh my gosh, I just lost something. It regressed. No, it regressed. So when you copy it from the history page, it's white. So I have to convert it. Or I, like I have to change the font color. And so I did, but I guess I hit a back button or something because it was white and you couldn't see it on white paper. December 11th, 2003, last one I have for you today, Nick. And that is the Disney Company is nominated for multiple Golden Globe Awards. On that day, um, that included a Miramax film, Civil War epic, Cold Mountain. It got eight nominations, a nomination each for Finding Nemo, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, and Freaky Friday were all nominated for Golden Globes that year. That's pretty big for Disney. And I think that could happen next year with the lineup they got coming. Definitely could. Definitely could. Thanks, Vixter. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, simply text us 407-674-0414 or email us, mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to book your next trip and you want that free quote, also 
text us as well, but you can email us travel at mousecapadespodcast.net. Check us out on our social media accounts. Our Instagram account is going to be mousecapades underscore Nick. Facebook page is going to be the mousecapades podcast. Don't forget to put or place the in front of mousecapades podcast, please. And our Twitter account is going to be mousecapades pod. So uh, I forgot to write this in the notes, Nick, but I did put something out on Facebook. I need any listeners that are interested to be part of it. Go to our Facebook page and I need you to tell me what is your Disney wish this Christmas. And number two, I need you to tell us some tradition. It can be related to Disney or it can be just a tradition that you do with your family. We wanted to see what our Ohana does for the holidays to make them special for them. And I just, we need those to us by next Sunday no, December the 9th at like if you could have it to us by lunchtime I think I put 12pm as the deadline just so that we have some time to get this stuff together before it's when you're giving them like gotta have it here by 12pm on Sunday afternoon well I'm just but saying so we have time to get could you give it to us by the COB I, to the what close of business oh okay close of business day on Sunday is there such no, I'm thing? joking what close of business yeah on close, Sunday on Sunday we used to not have when I'm done resting <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, be sure to listen to Friday's show as Nick and I share some of our favorite Disney Christmas carols with you. And remember to check out our friends at WaltExpress.com for all things Disney. As always, Nick and I would like to thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Make sure you get them in by 12 p.m. and not 12... 12- <laughs> Oh, or Vicky won't put it in there. So, and I want to thank, I do want to do a shout out, a thank you to several people that have already responded very quickly, by the way. Who's responded? Oh man, don't put me on the spot like that. I didn't write their names down. Did Jim respond? Uh, not yet. Andrew did. Nope. Oh, he did? I thought he did. Well, if he did, it happened since I looked yesterday. All righty, already. Well, Vixer, I think it is about that time. Peace. And love. Say it with us, people. Have, have a, a magical, magical day, day, my friends. friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.